The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. All right, count this down. Hello and welcome. This is the Fitness Reborn Podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And my guest today is Christopher Wilson. Christopher Wilson comes to us from Critical Bench. He's the vice president of content at Critical Bench. It's an online fitness publishing company. It's been around since 1999. And as I was talking to Chris, after we made contact, I then realized that I had subscribed to the YouTube channel. So apparently I saw something on there at some point that appealed to me. Right. So <laughs> as serendipity would have it, here we are, uh, however later into that we are, and we are talking now on this podcast. So Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Sean. I uh, love to love to get into fitness and health content, uh, <laughs> regardless of what the uh, the topic of conversation is it's 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 pretty broad topic (laughs) yeah it is is a pretty broad topic and i didn't mean it to be that way when i kind of when i was deciding the title of the show fitness reborn i intentionally made that ambiguous um so like well what does that really mean well it can mean anything you really want and i do actually um if you probably if you've looked over the episodes i do take an expansive view of what fitness is mm. so i go into the traditional concepts of it but i also go into more of the mental health and the right. hormones and things like that and all these things i think are just truly exciting and truly fascinating and i know there's so many people out there that know just so much more than i do and have so much more experience than i do and so here we are but um Okay, so Chris, uh, Critical Bench. Now, I've heard of it. I know something about it, but I imagine there's probably a lot of people, um, you know, who have not heard about it, you know, despite the, I think, one million subscribers that the YouTube channel now has. There's probably a lot of people out there that can probably infer from the title what it's about, but they probably want a little bit more to go on. So why don't you talk to us about Critical Bench? Yeah. The critical bench certainly uh, puts a bit of a, a label on the company to some uh-huh. some degree, right? Uh, back when we started, <clears throat> pardon me, in 1999, um, you know, we were much younger, uh, and I was not affiliated with the company, although I was uh, childhood friends of the owner of the company, and so I knew uh, intimately what he was doing and. Uh, this is back and when dot coms were a big thing, you know, it was a big deal <laughs> to start your own dot com in 1999. Right. And he did this uh, at the tail end of college as a part of a uh, something that was graded. I believe it was something he had to do uh, in order to, you know, for a class, create a working website. And he, he said, well, I know I'll, I'll make it about bench press since I, I really like that. He was a college football player and that was pretty much his favorite lift something he spent a great deal of time uh, perfecting and working on. And so he was making personalized bench press programs for people, making them hard copy, spiral bound books that he would, you know, people would buy and he would mail to them. And this is before digital links where you just buy something and it was, uh, you were buying a link to something that you could download. And uh, so, you know, he went with that, uh, that kind of, uh, work, 
uh, approach, I guess, if you will, you know, in the online space, creating hard, um, hard copy products for people that was very much individual, you know, uh, personalized to the tailored to what their goals were. And after doing that for a period of years and the company gaining some success, he went all in, uh, stopped working for other businesses and, and started just working for himself and started to surround himself and network with other people in the space, in the online fitness and health space. And once he did that, then he saw, wow, there's a lot of opportunity here and uh, started to break out of that niche of just powerlifting, strength building, uh, bench press and started going into other areas and attracting a larger audience. And of course, more of a female audience as well, as we started kind of, we were very kind of men, very, uh, very specific. So when you start to open things up to kind of, you know, a greater demographic, more better age range, and now both men and women, it's like, wow, okay, so there's a lot of opportunity here. And that's where we start to started to see a lot of growth. Um, and that's when I came on board not too long after that, about 10 years ago, as we started to venture down all these other pathways. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so as VP of content, I've been part of the content here from day one. And now I get to kind of oversee all of the content um, from start to finish and the multiple YouTube channels, the podcast, customer support, all products and programming that we're responsible for. So it's a, a really a passion filled job that I have uh, get to show up every day with a lot to do and it's enjoyable work for the most part. Wow. That sounds great. Um, now one thing that I think it was something you, you just uh, said early, earlier on is like um, now when it started out, it was focused mainly on men mm. on lifting weights, powerlifting, bodybuilding, what have you. And then you decided you were going to break free of this niche and then expand your opportunities and your services mm. brought more broadly, more globally. Um, and I thought that was interesting. And you said that your success, the success of the company really opened up at that point. Mm. I thought that was interesting because nowadays, and I can testify to this, nowadays they're telling you, no, 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 dial in the niche. Keep your circle small. Keep it, you know, very localized. Yeah. And just answer to that, answer to that niche. And that's where your success is going to come from. Like 80% of your success is going to come from these small 20% of people that you deal with. Yes. But you did the opposite effect. Like you said, no, 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 we're going to bring in more and appeal to more. And that's when things really blew up. Yeah, I think it's the uh, it, because we kind of did it both ways. Mm -hmm. I would say for the first 10 years, we did it that way, the very niche way, kind of be an authority on something that's very much a, a particular audience. And we grew within that niche, probably kind of to the top of that niche. And, and if you look back to you know 2006, 2007, 2008, Critical Bench was probably one of the best online. Um, you know, strength training platforms in terms of uh, email uh, and reaching people and and doing well, you know, a multi six figure business at that point. And once I feel like Mike was reaching a point of like, wow, I've grown, but I'm kind of stuck. 
I think he saw, you know, several years in a row where I'm kind of like at the same spot once December mm -hmm. comes, you know, I'm not seeing any more growth like I had been. And that's where he started to venture into where it was more about developing more stronger relationships and partnering and networking more and seeing the opportunities there that were presented. And hey, if I do, if I do this with this guy, I can kind of go into this area a little bit where I'm still kind of, you know, got the weight training and the strength building and I still have that element. But now I'm partnered with an injury specialist. I can start to do, you know, feel good products that'll help support the stuff I already have out there. Because when people lift, what happens? People get hurt, people get sore, people get in pain uh, when you use your body. And so how do you navigate through that? So there's opportunity there. So that was really the first kind of branching out from the niche. And then it just spiraled into other things, other other categories. And um, and then we, we it was kind of just following the the breadcrumbs the, 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 when you, once you hit certain types of success, it's like, how can I repeat that? How can I repeat that success? Right. And, and, you know, you've gone through certain enough failures and defeats, you know, you, there's things, you know, to avoid. And then there's things that, you know, like I've, I've kind of developing almost like a template of success. So how can I continue to do that? And big companies do that all the time. But, you know, when, when companies, you know, decide, hey, you know what, maybe we should just serve breakfast all day, <laughs> you know, instead of right. just till 10 <laughs> o'clock, right? More right. success, more opportunity. Uh -huh. So that's kind of what we did. We started to, instead of just serving breakfast till 10, we decided let's just serve it all day and let's open up on sat Sundays too, you know, or whatever. So it was like, mm -hmm. we just wanted to, you know, really get our, our name out there more and get reach that larger audience because we were so <clears throat> heavily ma masculine. Uh -huh. I mean, probably 98% masculine audience back in the day, uh, aside from maybe the, the 2% of female power lifters and strength, you know, uh, women that were really into that kind of high level uh, uh -huh. training. Do you think, uh, so things really sound like they opened up a lot when, they, when you started appealing more to a feminine or to a female audience. Yeah. Um, now, in terms of like the, this is just an offhanded question, but in terms of like the, you know, the female members who are like really into like the real, you know, you know, white knuckling, you know, heavy lifting, power lifting kind of uh, part of the industry, which is, you know, very, talk about niche. Mm -hmm. I mean, anywhere you go, that's, that's a very small select few of people that are really into that to an elite level. Anyway, right. you, have you seen that number increase? over the years no so what it is is we started also becoming a little bit less hardcore if you will with the content in terms of uh really kind of going towards more of the beginner lifter or the uh -huh. beginner or novice type person so that our programs were more um uh, more attractive to that uh that type of audience that entry level person um and really simplifying our stuff, taking complicated things, complicated programming, and really, I'll say for lack of a better word, dumbing it down or just simplifying it and making it really usable uh, and easily inserted into your life. And that's where we, that's the template of success that we continued to follow in the early 2010s when we started coming up with these programs like Unlock Your 
whatever unlock your hip flexors is, is one of our bigger programs early on we've had an unlock your glutes program we have a, a, a resurgence of an unlock your spine program about to come out so a lot of these are you know like fixing the body in very simple ways mm-hmm. that people can attach to their current regimen very easily when in 10 minutes a day so to speak and only so many days a week and start to correct things like posture correction or mobility stretching things like that and uh to you know just move better feel better look better kind of those three things right and i think we all want to feel good we all want to look better right and we all want to function better and, and and live longer and um so it's 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 really all comes down to problem solution so we started to really look at the problems in the health and fitness space and how can we easily fix them so what were the problems you guys identified i mean there's any number of them i can tell you just by you know i can tell you just by having an instagram account i can tell you that but um what were some of the ones that stood out to you guys well we went after things like sitting too much we all sit too much in today's technological world it puts us in bad positions so our hips hurt we also uh, develop really bad uh, forward head posture so mm-hmm. how can we how can we fix that um and then because we're sitting so much and again sitting is kind of the enemy in a lot of our stuff but you sit a lot you turn your glutes off or you mm-hmm. just don't know how to fire your glutes and squats and lunges aren't necessarily glute exercises and so how can I really challenge and, and, and work my glutes? Um, and so there's a lot of different things that you can target. Um, and then, you know, a lot of programming that's out there is super intense and super aggressive and intimidating for people. If you look back at a lot of the P90X stuff or the insanity programming and things out there from beach bodies, good stuff, really good stuff for a certain segment of the population people who are highly motivated and looking to really go all in. What about this other larger audience of people that just want to do something, move a Uh little bit more, feel a little bit better and see some results and not after three months be like, dude, I'm exhausted. I don't, I don't, you know, can they continue with that? It's like an intense diet plan. How long are you going to follow that? Two months, three months, get some results. And then what? Six months later, you're right back where you started because it was not something you can maintain. So our programs and our systems are things that people can insert into their lives and maintain. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's that's a a very good point that you raised there, too, is like, yeah, this the um, hyper aggressive style of exercise. And it's appealing. I've done it myself, too. I've never done P90X or Insanity, but I've done like you know, Navy SEAL boot camp kind of sure. stuff like too. And, you know, you know, being a young man, at least at that time, that certainly appealed to me. Who doesn't want to feel like a warrior or a badass or whatever you want to call it? Right. Um, that it kind of speaks to a very primal urge in you. Um, and maybe it does for women too. I can only speak for myself, but um, you're right. There is a larger portion of the population out there, especially now. So more than ever, especially with the boomers aging, like they are getting into mm-hmm. their seventies, um, they don't really want to, most of them, probably upwards of close to a hundred of them, don't, hundred percent of them don't want to really feel like they just got beaten up the next day from a workout. They just want to feel better. Like, hey, if I can, if I can play around with my grandkids or climb up a flight of stairs while losing my breath, I'm good. Yeah. So that's, I think that's probably 
that's probably the biggest uh the biggest uh gold mine you guys hit upon there is that this field is expanding and in, the more user-friendly you can make it the yeah. better yeah we're you know as we age our interests and our goals our desires change right i'm a different person now than i was when i first moved to florida over 20 years ago right in my right. mid 20s yeah i i love super aggressive all in like how hard can i push myself barely move tomorrow type workouts um and i'm not saying i avoid those i still have those here and here and again but i'm 47 years old so the way i approach my workouts a little bit more thoughtful uh, i have a certain number of uh, time devoted to warming up and moving my body and mobility exercises because I can't get away with the stuff that I did over 20 years ago. I'll I'll hurt something. I'll strain something. You know, I'm still capable of of doing heavy lifts and, and doing all of that. I'm just more thoughtful about it because I know my body, and that's just wisdom. Um, what, you're more rubbery when you're younger. Look at little kids; they fall down like crazy, right? And they're fine. Right. If right. I fell down as much as a little kid, I, my body would be partially broken, <laughs> right? So right. it's it's by design that way, right? We're designed a certain way when we're younger. And as we get older, we just have to take a little bit more uh, care in, in how we uh, go about physical activity. But it doesn't mean we, we're incapable or can't do aggressive and hard things. We absolutely can. Wow. Um, it's, it's just knowing your body, knowing your limits, and knowing what it takes to prime yourself and get yourself where you need to be. Right. And maybe about spacing out the hyper aggressive stuff. Right. Like, you know, if you're into Spartan racing, which I kind of am, um, doing that, you know, two, three times a year, something like that, mm -hmm. something super hard like that. You can just reserve that for the one like super aggressive day of exercise. Yeah. And that's, pl and that's really plenty. Um, on that note of, of, you know, being over 40, now something I did notice about the YouTube channel at least in the banner, it said like fitness for over 40. So I'm thinking like, not only did you expand your field into becoming one more injury resistant, ideas of injury resistance, appealing more to women, but also appealing to an older demographic like yeah. we spoke about earlier. Um, and now I'm officially part of this because just yesterday I turned 40. Well, so go. happy birthday. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. Welcome to midlife, you know? So, right. um, so, and, and I, I was already interested in working with, old, I am old, interested in working with older people, but now, so now I'm officially there. This is uh, even more of a, even more of a point of interest for me here. So working with older people, now we all know that what, what that really means, um, you know, intuitively that you have to, like you said, you have to kind of be more thoughtful about what you do. You can't abuse your, your, your health. You can't take certain things for granted. Mm. So what have you guys, uh, what's your experience in working with older and older clientele or appealing to an older clientele? Because I can tell you, I can tell you from my own experience, just appealing to them, just getting them on board with really anything. Yeah. And it's all individual based, getting yeah. on board with a lot of things. It can be a real struggle because they are fearful a lot mm. of times. Big times, uh, big time. Well, that audience is only getting bigger and bigger, right? Since people are living a little bit longer, typically uh, a little bit more, I would say, in touch or or more 
awakened to the need for their health and fitness being a huge player. I, you know, I don't recall, you know, back in the eighties when I was in my childhood, parents talking about like, Hey, we got to, you know, get to the gym and we got to do this. And we got to right. do that. And we got to eat better. And we have to do all these things. I think there's been a lot of, um, you know, growth certainly in the, the health and fitness uh, space being more, uh, for the everyday man and woman, uh, not just for the gym goers. I think there's a lot of people, uh, doing their due diligence, at least interested in it at some level and, and trying to clean things up. E even though society as a whole is like more obese, more heart disease than ever and all these things. Um, yeah. But I, I would argue also that there's, uh, there's a, a, a large bit of the population that really knows um, that they need to do a little bit more, take a little bit more ownership too, uh, to combat some of these things that are scary to us with age, like brain disease and heart disease and cancers and all of these things that there's so much that we can do in our own lifestyle, things to avoid and things to uh, implement. And we can have direct impact on how we feel and how we age, uh, you know, more gracefully, certainly. Um, that being said, I'm certainly not perfect. You know, I make, yeah. I, I make bad decisions every day. I'm sure, you know, when it comes to what am I drinking? What am I eating? Um, how much did I move today? You know, just the basics. And I think if people just, you know, we've kind of followed suit with that with, you know, YouTube, our YouTube channel is a great um, example of how, of the growth of our company. If you look back at our YouTube channel, back when YouTube was just starting out and then the, 2007, 2008 timeframe, right? That's when our channel started. It was all powerlifting content. It was all like little, little videos showing like uh, Mike and, and the guys that he used to train with at, at, at um, events, at, at meets, powerlifting meets. And it was just little clips of massive guys squatting and deadlifting and bench pressing. And then what you see now is you see a lot of like at home workouts with body weight or a pair of dumbbells or uh, bands or some kind of simplistic tool that's more mass appeal, certainly appealing to the over 40 audience, to the women, to the guys, not aggressive, uh, very much beginner level, because that audience, as I said, is growing and people are really looking online for things to do whether it's people that are still going to the gym or people who are training and working out from home, people are looking for ideas. And so we like to help facilitate that by creating a lot of free content that people can go on our channel and be like, oh, I should try doing that exercise. Coach Ashley told me to do it like this or Coach Zach does this and he looks great. And so we have a lot of these great uh, content providers and coaches, experts, who uh, are here on a regular basis creating content. And that's what gets people to know who we are as Critical Bench, like us, trust us, and then hopefully dive deeper at some point into one of our many programs. And uh, that, you know, again, we still have people following us that are in their 20s, but I would say it continues to shift a little bit more into that, you know, over 30 and certainly over 40 category um, as we continue to, to grow. We want, we make stuff that we like. So as yeah. we get older, it's going to be more, probably more attractive to an older audience. Right. Exactly. When did you, when did you start actually making more of this, uh, this shift towards like bands and injury prevention? Yeah. 
I would say it was about 10 years ago. Uh, I would say in uh, maybe even just slightly under 10 years ago, but I think it was 2014, 2015 when we really started to feel like, wow, we really need the women seem to be the buyers. You know, they're like the movers and the shakers in the, in the, in the health and fitness area. They will tell their husbands what they need to do. Right. They will like, right. They'll be whispering in their ear, like, honey, you need to do this. I saw this. I bought this. You need to do that. We're going to do this together. That that type of stuff. It doesn't usually work the other way. So knowing that uh, we wanted to make and. Actually, it was a bit by accident with our hip flexors program because we made this program called Unlock Your Hip Flexors. We thought we were making it for men about 30 is really what we kind of like our target audience. It's mostly sold to women over 40. (laughs) So we were like, whoa. But it was almost like a stroke of luck where we just felt like, wow, we have all this. We didn't realize that there's a lot of women post-pregnancy, you know. Uh, becoming mothers who were experiencing pain through their hips. And for various reasons, they were attracted and drawn to our program for Unlock Your Hip Flexors. And so we just saw this huge uh, surge of, of, uh, of customers in this demographic that we weren't really, you know, used to having. And so then we started to kind of go down that road a bit more. Yeah. And now, uh, Speaking of women in pregnancy, now there's a big emphasis on pelvic floor health. That's right. So, and, I, and I've run into that myself with clients that I've worked with. It's yeah. like, you know, clients who are mothers and they, they struggle with, um, you know, they've had three kids now and, you know, they struggle with occasional bouts of incontinence, yeah. like just, just wetting their, their pants and stuff like that from jumping up down too much, running too much, you know, yeah. what have you now. And so now I'm seeing just through my own research, because I didn't know very much about this until I was faced with this problem. So, hey, I'm, I'm having this problem here. This is kind of where I'd like to focus a lot of my energy on. It's like, oh boy, okay, time to hit the books here a little bit, because I'm not really, um, I know the baselines about it, but I don't know too much about it. So I had to do some research. And so in my research here, I'm finding podcasts about pelvic floor, books mm-hmm. about pelvic floor, YouTube channels about pelvic floor, some yeah. of them having do nothing but pelvic floor yep. stuff. And it's it's a growth, it's a cottage industry in itself. Oh, it totally is. It became a, a, a really big thing. It was actually a, um, a, a woman that we have a, a business working relationship with. Her name's Alex Miller. She has a program called Pelvic Floor Strong. And we had her on years ago on our podcast, on the Strong by Design podcast as a guest. And that particular episode uh, did very well. And the YouTube video for that podcast did really well, continues to drive an audience uh, to our podcast. And it still sells her product unbelievably well years later. Um, it's, it's just, it's like an evergreen episode. Again, it's a topic that's trending and people are interested. And again, women seem to be a little bit more at the forefront of their own health and wellness. As they get older, they take this very seriously. And for it's almost like they're become the family advocate for health and fitness as they get older. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good thing. You need somebody to kind of take, take hold of that. In my household, my wife and I are both, she has a, a, a fitness degree greater than I, than mine, even though I'm the one working in the, in the, in the field, she's a nurse. But, you know, I'm, I work directly in the field of, of, of fitness and health, but um, it's, uh, 
it's somebody kind of needs to own that, you know, just like mm -hmm. somebody's the one that pays the bills, right? Usually right. in a household, you need also somebody that's kind of like, hey, honey, for our next trip, our vacation, we're going to do these activities, you know, that gets us out moving. Uh, right. Because ultimately, we know when, if you're moving, generally, you're healthier. That's, yes. it's, I mean, that's, I don't need uh, research or data to back this up. No, 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 no. And uh, companies more and more are offering that as part of like um, a benefits package too. It's like gym memberships and things yeah. like that. Now, I mean, out here where I live, I mean, and this is, you know, part of a way I realize of getting more and more, you know, tenants and stuff. But a lot of the rentals out here, because they apply, because we're a student population, a lot of it, the average age of this town I live in is 23 because of oh, the wow. university. Well, it's because of the university. Yeah. So they want more and more in the the town also caters to them a lot too. Let's be honest about that. But, sure. Um, they want more and more people to sign leases and live in their buildings, stuff like that. So attaching a gym membership is part of like the carrot that they use to get a lot of these young folks in. And so one, it makes good sense in a you know physical sort of way, but also makes good business sense in that way. Mm -hmm. So I guess in the, in the more cynical sort of way. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, what you said earlier about uh, incorporating more bands into the workout regimens, I think, I think you're right because I think you, the older you do get, you you tend to gravitate more towards bands than weights. I mean, I still use weights, but now I've found I'm focusing more and more on bands. Mm. And I've seen people who are trainers like myself and are my age doing a lot of the same things too, yeah. like just kind of like working a lot with bands. And I'm not talking about like. It's not all women too. We're talking about some pretty big dudes here who are doing a lot of band work and doing a lot of mobility and flexibility work and stuff like that. Yep. And, you know, and sometimes I rarely see them ever even lifting weights. It's just a lot of like heavy bands. And things yeah. Like that. Yeah. And you know, the bands, they, they've been around, mm -hmm. but they were just, again, it, it was a powerlifting thing. If you go back right. years and years and years, bands were heavy, heavy duty resistance band. I'm not talking tubing, resistance tubing. I'm talking heavy bands that, you know, have hundreds of pounds of resistance and are used, uh, for in powerlifting. It's used for it's a, it's supplemental work. You do speed mm -hmm. days and it helps with explosive work. It's like using chains and stuff. I mean, these have been around for decades. They just finally kind of exploded as kind of their own way of training. That's considered safer where you could still go super intense, but in a much safer way where, you know, the risk of injury is super low, where the strength gains and strength benefits are still considerably high. Mm -hmm. And so you have all these different uh, apparatus that have, have come out in the world, you know, in the several years now. And um, I, I debated actually jo uh, John, Dr. John Jayquish uh, mm -hmm. a few yep. years ago, you know, he is X3 <laughs> yeah, ball oh, yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Smart guy. And, oh, yeah. and and I like his product. We He sent one of his products to us here and uh, I, I like it. There's things about it I don't like, but there's things about it I do like. And there's absolutely a way to train with these bands uh, and have great workouts and, and see great results. But the fact that he, in his marketing, what he does is he just knocks every other form of resistance training as unnecessary or inadequate inadequate in some way so i'm like so you're yeah. basically saying that body weight dumbbell 
barbell machine training, all of this is nonsense and unnecessary. And he's you know, basically saying, yes. I'm like, how can you say that with a straight face? I mean, I don't. Right. You know, yeah, no, I no, I hear you too because I've listened to podcast interviews uh, with John Jackwish, and you're right, absolutely right. He is a hyper intelligent guy, and he's you know he clearly has done lots of work, a lot of research, mm -hmm. and I don't dislike him, no. and I'm not gonna, I'm not knocking him, but yeah, he does tend to get a little bit out there when he starts talking up his own stuff and he starts talking down everyone else's stuff, right. where he says like lifting weights is an absolute waste of time. Correct. So, really? So, you know, you're going to tell me that five days a week I'm lift, I'm doing dumbbell curls. I'm just pissing away my time. I'm not making any gains at all. Right. There's no point to it. You know, and I think that's exactly what he would tell me too. Yeah. Like, but I, I think a lot of that is marketing. It is. Um, you know, we talked about niche earlier. Well, you, you know, you gotta be, I think Someone told him or he felt like I got to be militant about this because yes. everyone's once I say something like this, everyone's going to come looking at, directly at me because you said lifting weights is a waste of time. That That's flies right. right in the face of everything that you hear. That's right. And yeah. his, his whole platform is really trying to is arguing that look at the results that all of these people are getting. And and yet we're still a country like let's focus in on the U.S. here filled with unhealthy obese people right yet there's fitness everywhere right gyms everywhere uh opportunity all over the place memberships up 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 you know up and down you know from everybody has a gym membership everybody has access to this that and the other and yet everyone's still fat and out of shape so basically that's what he's saying is like, he's yeah. just knocking the industry as a whole as right. the, the answers and solutions that are circulating everyone aren't helping anyone. And I see what he's saying, but I also see it this way. I'm like, it's because people suck at following through and sticking with anything. It's a consistency right. problem is what it is. There's right. people every day getting great results in the gym who are sticking to it. Right. And, and really right. try, you know, people losing a hundred pounds cause they're eating better and they're exercising every day and, and cleaning up their, their habits and their life. And yet there's still a lot of people struggling because those people suck at following through and they're throwing in the towel too soon. And mm -hmm. so, so it's, it's kind of both. It's a really kind of hard argument to make, right. Right. but I mean, he does it for, for the reasons to, you know, bolster sell, sales of his product. <laughs> right, 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 too. And uh, I think one thing I heard him say, like, in his podcast, and that really made me jump back, I was like, he said something like, you know, the average body fat percentage of a man in the U.S. is 10%. That's pathetic. I'm like, really? No, 10% is fantastic. 10%? 10%? Like, it's actually I'm, really low. Right, I hover about 11, 12%. I'm not obese, dude. It's like, what, he said something like that. You maybe see some little baby abs from that. I'm like, like come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, would, I would argue that the average body fat percentage for men is probably double that, by the way. I don't think it's 10% <laughs> yeah, right. by any means. I bet you it's high teens or 20%. Mm -hmm. And I hover in the high teens. I am uh -huh. by no means like lean, but. I can get leaner uh, when I really focus in on my nutrition. It has nothing to do with my training. It's all food for me, right. all food yeah. related changes. Yeah. And but I'm still considered very healthy for a 47 year old man. I'm not looking to get on stage. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to be strong, and I, 
eating for me has always been, I've always been a quantity guy. I always eat too much. I eat, my appetite is too big for my own, you know, it's like, I'm still right. eating for like my college self, but I'm not as active as my college self. Right. Right. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, so yeah, I think uh, people kind of focus on the wrong thing here too. And mm. interestingly enough, like just today I made a, a video because um, I thought a lot of what I'm here, I made a video on strength, very short live video I put on Facebook about strength, about strength training. Because I hear a lot of people talk about strength training and talk about getting strength, getting strong, getting strength, get building strength over 40, right? Mm. And the question was, can you, a lot of people on social media saying, can you answer, can you get build muscle after 40? And of course, a lot of people are asking this question to, you know, push their own methods or push their product, right? So they're going to answer it. Yes, you can, but you have to do da, 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 da. And I kind of, I didn't counter that, but I, I answered it with saying, well, there's a difference between building strength and what I think you're talking about, which you're actually, you know, the person who's talking about this, what I think you're getting at is hypertrophy. That's kind of a different thing altogether here. You're not really asking, can you get strong? Can you build muscle? You're asking, can I get big? after 40 is that what you're really after here mm. that's 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 kind of a different question altogether here too yes you can build strength after 40 you can build we found out you can build muscle in your 90s yeah oh absolutely yep. yeah we found people in their 90s if put on like a six-week program just as a you know trial program say here these people are in their 90s see what they can do they saw remarkable gains some people who are bound to a wheelchair were now walking under their own power in their 90s mm -hmm. so yeah, you can build muscle in in your forties for sure. Can you get big? Are you talking about getting Arnold big in your forties? You could, but that is an altogether different animal to chase. That's right. You know. Yep. That's that is a completely. It's a totally different question. You're right. You have to yeah. get. It's way too wide open, right? You mm -hmm. have to get more more detailed with uh, with the question itself to get a, a truer sense of of what the answer is. Um, Yes, you can. It's very hard work, right? Over mm -hmm. the age of 40, if you're really looking to pack on muscle, like noticeable, bigger biceps, rounder shoulders, right? Bigger pecs, like all of this stuff. Um, it really comes down to, my God, like not just what you're doing in your training. Like, are you eating yourself there? Because mm -hmm. we all know it's heavy protein intake in order to really pack it on. You can get away with a lot in your teenage years and 20s, but you'd have to be super meticulous as you get later in life to really see noticeable muscle gains uh, from your training. I mean, you could work out three times intensely a week, but if you're eating, you know, 3000 calories a day and most of that is protein, then maybe you have a shot at, at packing some muscle on. And then, of course, there's the 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 added, uh, you know, effect of, you know, are you on tea? Are you taking anything mm. additional? Are you right. trying to do it naturally or are you doing it because you're going to see, you know, a pharmacist and he has you on 700, 800 <laughs> milliliters of, you know, of something. So a pharmacist, a pharmacist, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought. I thought I should, you know, just kind of add some clarity in there too. And I don't know how many people are going to see this video too, but I just thought, you know, there's a real big difference between getting big and putting on strength. Absolutely. Um, you put, you engage in any kind of strength training, you're going to put on strength. Yep. It's, it's just inevitable. 
I mean, you do it enough, you do it consistently consistently enough. Yes. You're gonna, it's going to happen. The, the body is an adaption machine, and it, that's right. what's so fun to talk about. You know, if you struggle to do eight push-ups and you just get it, and the next time you go to do push-ups, there's a good chance that you might still struggle at about the same point. But then the third time you go do it, you're going to get one more rep. And then the fourth time you go do it, you're, you know, if this is consistent now with maybe a day in between or right. or day after day, now exactly. you're hitting 10 or 12. Then all of a sudden you're probably going to jump. You're going to see a jump after consistency. You're going to see maybe a jump in two to three or five, even five reps better. And before you know it, you're doing sets of 25 push-ups. This could yeah. all happen in a 30-day window. Yeah. Uh, at, for, for, you know, I'm speaking for, for men here, but um, that, that's incredible. And you're not necessarily going to see that in the mirror necessarily, but you will absolutely feel it. And chemically, mm -hmm. there's a lot going on in the body. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, your body is an adaption machine. You, you, you give it a little bit of something, it's going to respond. And right. uh, typically, if it's movement-based or resistance-based, it's going to respond positively. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, you, like you said, you might not see it in the mirror too, but then you'll you know, pick up your iron skillet with one hand, whereas before you need two hands That's and right. you just, you just moved it around. You didn't realize what just happened there, but then you stop for a moment and then you do it again. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's something you took for granted here too. It's like, I couldn't lift this without two hands before. Now look at me. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an awesome kind of feeling. It know? really is. It's, it, it really is awesome. And you want, that's what all trainers are all, you know, strength advocates, you know, mm -hmm. coaches, it's what we want for everyone else is to kind of see and feel that same type of result and have that right. passion for it. It's like, I never want to look at myself in the mirror and feel like useless from a physical no. perspective, you know? Right. And then we obviously haven't talked much about all of that impact then on the mind. And the fitness mm -hmm. of the mind, because right. when you're moving the body and you're and you're and you're out in nature and you're you're doing all of these things to make yourself physically stronger, it's a direct connection to to how you think and how you uh, your belief systems and what you see yourself as and uh, the, the the physical and the mental are so they're like conjoined twins, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And speaking about the mental space too, because the mental part of fitness has has really blown up. I think in the last few years here yeah. too, um, with certain you know certain people who are more at the front of that. It's about the the mental part of physical practice and things yeah. like guys like Jocko Willing yep. and things like that. And I listen to his podcast every now and again. I like him. You know, he's a, I think he's a wildly smart guy. I like a lot mm -hmm. of the stuff he talks about. Mm -hmm. um, He's a bit more intelligent than some of the other guys I hear out there talking <laughs> about this stuff who are just, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a lot of bravado. Yeah. Um, but Jocko is, Jocko is good. And I think the mental part of it, is, especially with the, now the social media is such a big part of the fitness space. Yes. And so many accounts and so many advertisements for fitness and things like that mm. feature, you know, like, like we talked about earlier, like really hardcore aggressive workouts like we're talking you know videos that have you know Dwayne Johnson in it and you see him doing his thing and he just looks like he looks inhuman in some right. of these videos here too like yeah. he's like he's like lifting a truck off the, off the ground with his headphones on he's sweating up a he's sweating up a storm and you know you have the voiceover audio saying you know you know it's about what you want 
you know, no one can want this for you, that kind of stuff here too. So, and I want to kind of contrast that because Critical Bench, you said earlier in its inception, it started out kind of similar like that too. Like you guys would have been right up there with it, with that, sure. those kind of videos too. But then you kind of saw in, in the course of your evolution, which is I think a good thing too, like in the 20, nearly 25 years of the company, the fact that you guys have branched out in multiple areas here and really kind of really grown so much in philosophy and in audience. Yeah. And now I see with some of these other companies that are kind of like starting where you guys were at 25 years ago and they're kind of like going back to that marker where it's like, we mm. are ultra intense. We are the elite of the elite. Right. Yeah. I see, I see this a lot of like Bedros Kulian. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of, He's doing yeah, these like lot. live events and like yeah. almost like Navy SEAL training, right. like, you know, weeks right. and stuff. Right. Yeah. He's collaborating with so many people here who are all these, you know, elite mindset kind of guys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, we are making men again, that kind of thing. And, you know, there's something to it, of course. But then again, going back to what you said about Critical Bench is like, there is so much more to this than just, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, the mask and the bravado part of fitness. You know? Yeah. I think <laughs> it's, it, it's really um, the audience. I feel like they're getting, it's not, it's not like the guy like me, like, right. It's, it's not, it's not the guy that already takes this stuff seriously is already super passionate about working out is already like married for 20 years and has two kids and coaches youth baseball and like shows up every day and, gets up out of bed and like, you mm. know, takes, takes things seriously is not a lazy son of a gun. You know, I think right. it's more for the people that are kind of, have lost some direction mm. or at a crossroads, maybe in their life are, are lacking motivation are lacking any kind of drive or discipline in their life. And they're really, mm. they're, they're searching. They're like, where, where do I go from here? Like what's out there for me? I need a community to join. I need to be part of something. Right. And that's right. where the, I think those are the types of people that latch on to this. Um, and it's good. It's, it's, it's like the Bedros thing. And there's some of these other guys that, that I've seen out there that do quite a bit of advertising mm. and, um, and, and it, there's a need for it because there are, I think there's, we need men to step up and to be stronger. And I say men, just because again, I'm, I'm speaking from, uh, you know, personal experience. I'm a man. And, uh, and I think that's where, you know, it's kind of like this. Um, but then I think you need to be careful because at some point it becomes too ego driven and it's all about me, 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 and, you know, alpha, alpha and, and all this stuff. And I think there's a fine line. Right. right. My, my wife doesn't want me coming home like freaking like, <laughs> like be, being some freaking wacko. Like, right. she, you know, like she likes to know that I'm like a provider and a protector and a leader of the house and stuff like that. But not to the point where like it's becomes a, a frightening home life or something like right. that. Like step up, take charge, be be a man. But, you know, also still respect, you know, other other, right. other things, you know? And, right. um, so again, I think it's trying to light a fire under people and uh -huh. to get them to move in life a little bit more where if you're already moving in life, like I'll see that ad and I'll be like, Oh, that's cool. And I'll just go to the, like, I don't need to watch it. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm cool. 
I already do that stuff. Like, I don't need to get fired up about like living a better life. I'm already living a, a good life. I'm talking to other people about it yeah, just yeah. from a different, a different perspective and, and not so, um, not from like the, like, I don't need to be uh Leonidas from 300 to try and get people's attention. Right. I, I can, I can do it in a different way. Um, right. Yeah. So that's yeah. all there's, we're saying a lot of the same stuff. I just say it in a different way. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think you're right. They are kind of appealing to, to people who have kind of, they're like, they've lost a way or they don't know a way. Right. And and I think they're also to maybe unintentionally, they're kind of tapping into some, a segment of the population that is pretty deeply disenfranchised or disenchanted. Mm. And I think unintentionally or not, that kind of leads down dark pathways because, yeah. um, and I'm not knocking them at all. I'm not trying, trying to say, trying to suggest they're promoting some sort of extremist ideology here right. too, but, um, but and not just and not Bedros, but some of these guys on there. I'm not going to say who, but no, some I, of these guys, yeah. some some of these guys on there, they are really taking it way off the map here and going off the scales of some of the things they say. Yeah, like like really like I'm like especially in terms of how it relates to women, yes. how men should relate to women. And oh like, yeah. Oh oh well well like, wait a minute like okay well I, I might have agreed with you on some of that, but some of the things you're here saying, okay, that might impress a 13 year old boy who don't know any better. It doesn't That's impress right. me as a 40 year old man. That's right. But so um, I think there, there is a, there is a danger that they're kind of running up against that too. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. It's almost like an indoctrination or a cult like uh, following mm. that they're creating for these like teenage to like very uh, early 20 type uh, boys, you know, who maybe mm. are really like just looking for something. It's like, maybe you should just join the military, you know what I mean? Like literally yeah. like maybe go, go to the army or the Navy or the air force, you know, get an education, like do something good for your country and you'll get all of those things. You don't need to join right. some like, you know, you know, $3,000, uh, you know, program that you saw on Facebook to you know to 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 get this to to have some direction in life and then hope you know who knows who the people are that are starting these things too you know so it's you know yeah. I, I don't know but you know I, it's an interesting conversation for sure um but there seems to be a lot of it uh over the last uh, several years now that i've come across as you have right and i was just kind of i was just like again, contrasting that over what we spoke about before, and whereas where I see a lot of these folks are now, mm. where and may, who knows, maybe twenty five years from now it'll be a different story. They'll they'll come to the same conclusions that you guys at Critical Bench came to. It's like you know we can get more by not being so niche driven and applying and broadening our scope here a little bit to get more people on board here, regardless mm. of they're men or women or young or old, and. This can benefit everybody yeah. in some in some measure here too. So it was just I don't know. I mean, I, and I think social media has a lot to do with this too. Yeah. I just kind of think that there is a kind of a regression of this for as you know for a lot of them in, yeah. in some sort of way. And I don't think it's systemic necessarily. I think this is just a, a few outliers mm. that are kind of like really, really. Um, really sort of extreme. Yeah. Well, people's social uh, following, you know, social platforms, a lot of these online industries are, um, 
certainly in the fitness and health arena are really like that's their bread and butter that's their that's how they're reaching people primarily so i mean they are heavy uh with content on there very again marketing always marketing themselves a lot of them are all it's all about this one person this one face this one name right like you said you know the rock or dwayne johnson like it's got a huge social following right mm-hmm. what happens when dwayne god forbid passes all his stuff i mean it's all about one guy and that that's the danger that we didn't want as a business we are a business it's not all about one guy certainly the founder of the business is the driver and the mover and the shaker because we are uh of the and when it comes to the marketing and the email side of the business that's what really drives the business but it's not what's like our products our programs the the coaches all of the thing that's that the things that are out there and put out by critical bench it's not all about one person it's mm-hmm. about a team of people uh, and it's a a network of contributors and so that if somebody goes down god forbid or somebody decides to try something different <laughs> and go into another uh, a, another career let's say the business continues because it's not all about them we just so we're very content rich and we like to in, incorporate and involve different men and women um with different backgrounds and and it helps keep us from um you know potentially running into pr- trouble into a dead end or something where you right. know, we're, we're, we're kind of stuck with this one face, this one name. And all of a sudden it's like, woof, what happens if that one person is no longer part of our team? What do we do? We have to rethink everything. Well, we don't, we don't want to paint ourselves into a corner. So what's a average day for you at critical bench for you? Hmm. Like you're the vice president of content that yeah. talk about broad that probably, <laughs> that probably has a lot of, a lot of different kind of nuances involved. Yeah. So and when you're pumping out content at the rate at which you are for a company that is as old as you are, and like, let's be honest, 25 years on- online is a lifetime mm. versus, you know, some of these people who are come and go so fast. Yes. I mean, it's easy enough to build, you build enough of a following with social media, you build enough of a following, you've got your own industry, more or less. But it can be so easily toppled, especially if you're dishonest. <clears throat> liver King. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> liver King. Yeah. Yeah. Liver King. Um, if you're dishonest, and then once that leaks, which it did for him, you know, he didn't mean it to, but it did. And down came that house of cards. Yep. Um, but 25 years is a real milestone. So. Mm-hmm. What's the, what, what do you guys do in an average? Yeah. What do you do in average? That's day? right. That's right. Well, we're, we're grinders. We pride ourselves on being gritty and, and grinding, meaning we're, we're not flashes in the pan. We're kind of like a, 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 a slow roasting, uh, you know, we're in a, we're, we're in the crock pot, you know, and what we like to do is we're very regimented with our planning. Um, every year at the end of the year is uh, meetings to come up with, you know, what's the action plan for next year? What does each mm-hmm. quarter look like? How much content will, will we be creating? What are the ideas? And our team gets together and we have days of planning and stuff. And then everybody's in alignment. Everybody's outcomes for the year are based on these goals, these, these business goals. 
And so as VP of content, since I kind of oversee a lot of different areas of the business, um, I would say my routines are, you know, I come in, I kind of try to get a feel for all of the things that are waiting for me. Uh, and that could be like right now, uh, we have uh, a, basically we've rebranded a product called Unlock Your Spine. It released a few years ago, but it was released as a sales letter. So we actually made a video sales letter for, a, it's a video, like an infomercial, right? To sell the program. Uh, and we rebranded the whole funnel, uh, add, made some new stuff to add into it, like upsells and downsells, things that go with the front end product. And we're relaunching it and we have really good feelings about it. It looks really great. The video that sells it looks terrific. And the product itself was already good, but sometimes the marketing just isn't there. So we decided, well, rather than make a new product in, in Q1 for 2023, let's retool something that we've already made that can be improved upon. And uh -huh. so that was our mission for this. So right now I have some stuff I have to review. Thank you pages and content pages uh, to make sure that those are looking good and ready to go because we're wrapping this thing up here in the next week. So that's part of my day. Another part, uh, I, I review all YouTube content before it goes live. So everything comes to me so that I'm able to just kind of pick through it, and look through it. You get good and fast at this as, as you know, we have thousands of videos. I've reviewed a lot of content over the years. Uh -huh. So you kind of get good. You know what to look for and how to kind of speed up that process. I oversee, as I said, customer support. So I'm constantly in touch with all of our agents, people that are supporting our products and help in our help desk. Um, and of course the podcast, um, not only do I host the show, I manage the show. So overseeing all of those episodes, uh, making sure they're assigned, making sure all the assets look good before they go live. So these are things that I'm involved with every single day I'm here and it's content that I really enjoy. Uh, not only am I in some of it, but just to be a part of it, uh, behind the scenes and then seeing it kind of go from start to finish, it, it feels really, really good. And it's, and it's enjoyable work. How do you, so what's your, um, what's your yardstick you use to measure what is good content versus not so good content? Mm. And I was, I'm asking this because I watched, I, I follow this podcast called Diary of a CEO with uh, Stephen Bartlett. That's the host. He's a business, he's British. He's a businessman. He's a, <laughs> he's a very young guy. He's 30 years old. He's already made millions. He's a baby. He's a baby. Yes, he is. He's a baby. He's a very successful baby. Yeah. And a, and a smart one. He's a great interviewer, too. I really enjoy his show. Wow. Um, and he did this one-off podcast where he was just kind of talking to us. And he was talking about the content of his show. Like he's been doing it for about two years now. And he's saying, there have been times where I have done interviews, sat for two hours for somebody. And at the end of the day, I said, I'm not uploading that. Mm -hmm. that, that was a crap interview. It was painful to sit through it. This person was not very good to yes. talk to. Yeah, I sacrificed two hours of my life. I'm never going to get back. We talked about a lot. This person has a ton of followers. You know, he talked about leveraging someone's followers to increase your followers, yeah. your audience. This person has tens of millions of followers. I could easily just like get so much more if I did go through it just by association with, the, with him. Nice. But it just, it's not good. And I'm trusting my gut. And if I feel like if this isn't if this is crap, then you're going to think it's crap. And my devotion to quality content is more important than getting a couple thousand more followers. So wow. I'm scrapping that. 
You know, he says he's only done it about maybe four times in two years or something like that. But he he has made that decision where it's just like, no, that's not good. I don't care how much, how long we spent on it. I don't care how much money was thrown at it. I don't care who this person is. I don't feel good about releasing that. So how, so how do you, how do you go about uh, making that judgment for yourself? Yeah, that's really good. Um, It takes a lot of discipline to hold yourself to a, you know, a certain standard. Um, of course, for me, I'm, I'm kind of like quality control. So I'm, mm-hmm. there's certain things, elements I'm looking for. And of course, I'm speaking mostly from video perspective, but also, you know, we have things that you can download, PDFs and stuff that I also oversee right. uh, to find the flaws, to find the mistakes. So, I mean, when it comes to the marketing of things, I'm not as much of an influence. I can maybe have some feedback for that, but you know, in terms of hooks and pitches and the in the in the angles right. that we take in order to sell our stuff, so it's not so much that that I'm looking for. It's really more of like, you know, how, how does it how does it look? Was it crisp? Was it, can people? Is the audio good? You know, um, all, all of these different elements. I have scrapped a podcast before that was just pretty much as you said unusable. Uh, the it was just had no, no real substance to it. it was just a lousy interview I was part of and I scrapped it. Um, I was hosting. I just was like, it's unusable. Um, and I'm sure there's been a few other times where I could have done it and didn't. Uh, I would say you could probably go back and delete about a hundred of my first YouTube videos because those were pretty awful. <laughs> that doesn't really count, man. But that I mean, doesn't every, really every, count. Everyone, everyone's shaky at first. Everybody's shaky at first, right? That on-screen presence, the awful audio, the the uh, tripod, old HD Sony flip cam that I used 10 years ago. Uh, I was my own camera operator. You right know, here. Right, right here. That, I mean, that's where I'm at right now here, too. It's like right. I am constantly – and I – I apologize to some of my people in my video days. Like I know I said I'd have more videos up of workouts. I know you said you guys wanted more of that. I know I've been derelict in that. Yes. Sometimes it's just such a hassle to get anything good. Yes. You know, it really is. But we do what you do learn in those moments. And I commend obviously the, the, the gentleman you were talking about when he, he could have put, could have published something that was a two hour interview because of the person that he was interviewing. And it certainly would have like, helped in some way or but also might have hurt in some way that like you don't even necessarily uh hard to put your finger on it but to be your own you know critic is a good thing but not at the certainly in the beginning not at the part of you being a perfectionist because when you're early on in your content creating career you want to just create 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 put it out there get the feedback see where you need to tweak see where you need to improve and then go down that road. And so it's getting the reps, really. It's just about getting Mm -hmm. the reps. But once you've arrived, then you can, you know, you can decide now I can be more critical. And if this doesn't pass my own litmus test of, of quality, like, yeah, I got to trash it. So we have a, we have trashed other things before that were content based. Um, And certainly even after the fact, like, after you've sold something, maybe you realize like later on, like, what the heck we got to, or, or we've remade things. We've remade right. things. Like I said, we've retooled things and remade things and dropped things, uh, you know, after kind of looking at it with new eyes later on. Right. And I've done that myself with this, even this podcast, my first couple of podcasts, uh, I start, if, if you go back 
almost a year now to May of last year when I started this. There's a few solo casts. They are horrible. I, I tried to listen to one and I sounded so God awful. And it's just me talking like 20 minutes or so. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm rambling and I'm like, oh my, oh no, no, I'm not listening. To this. I'm not going to delete them, but I'm not listening to this. Okay. And it has gotten noticeably better. Like, yeah. Um, content's better. I start incorporating guests, so that helps a lot. So it's not just me monotoning into a microphone. That's right. Um, so the back and forth dynamic between me and the guests, which I always wanted anyway, that helps out a lot. But just the technical aspects have also gotten so much better over time here too. I just wanted to ask you guys that because I just wanted people to know, you know, if and when they start looking up Critical Bench, they know that they're getting something that has been reviewed. Mm. very closely here too because you're you're right there's so much stuff out there that it's like okay i see you doing that i can see it i don't really understand what's going on here what muscle groups are being worked here what's my benefit from this what's the purpose of that how many reps how many sets i mean i see a video of you doing something that's all you know <laughs> right. Right? right and um if you put a little bit more care and thought into that I think it's that much more appealing. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you develop a system. You develop. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can do today in three hours of filming with two video production specialists in our facility. What probably would have taken me by myself, you know, two days to make. Um, you know, these guys. We have a system. Uh, they are great at directing and working with our coaches and our guests that come to film. And we have. We know what we're what we're after. Um, and you, again, it's just developing, uh, having a, having a plan too. have a plan. Uh, if you're a content person listening and you are, are trying to create some content for your platform, whatever that platform is, you got to batch it in order to have enough content to go around. You can't just make one a day, you know, and post it mm -hmm. instantly. Like you have to have a particular day of the week or a few days of the month where you plan like that's my content day i'm going to prepare and be ready on that day to create a lot of content that can then be made into many pieces of material that can then be uploaded and distributed over a series of weeks or longer and that's really how you have to go about it if you want to have any kind of online success long term you have to batch and that's what we do and we've created like buffers for ourselves and our content 30, 60, sometimes even 90 days. Uh, you go back a few years with COVID, uh, we had like a three month, four month buffer for like our YouTube channels. So we were like in good shape because <laughs> we had so much stuff sitting there ready to go live. Wow. Speaking of COVID, uh, COVID is kind of the rear view mirror more oh, yeah. these days than ever. Um, but how did you guys fare well during COVID? I, that, that hit a lot of the the fitness industry pretty hard. I mean, I know that gyms closed down, um, fitness memberships dried up. It was, it was rough. And, you know, kind of the, the online segment of COVID or the online segment of fitness really got bigger that yes. even more so. Yeah. You know, we, we, and we it, saw record record numbers and in, in some areas of the business that we still have not hit again. So we, we were already fully online. So where did people turn to? They went more online. And so we just saw a surge from like April 2020 all the way through the summer. That was like just some obscenely good 
uh, performances in different areas of the business. And uh, we've certainly maintained in certain in certain things and learned uh, some some other ways of, of doing things. And um, but no, it, it, it really didn't impact us too harshly at all. In fact, it benefited us in some degree. Um, but we're also down here in Florida where they've also been a bit more proactive with how to handle this uh, this this said pandemic. And uh, so we I, I felt by fall of 2020, we were already kind of like already COVID was already in our rear view mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now the, the rest of the country is maybe just catching up. No, fair enough. <laughs> um, so, uh, all right. So say, let's just say theoretically, like someone listening to this goes in and checks out the website, Critical Bench. Okay. So let's say hypothetically, we're talking about a seven-year-old female. Hmm looking for, like you said, just baseline health. Maybe in the future she's entertaining maybe something a bit more extreme, like the actual, like, the, the aesthetics of it and stuff like that. But that's not her driving concern at this mm. point here. So how would she navigate through uh, critical? Because I've looked at the website there. It's a lot there, a lot of articles, a lot of stuff to read. Um, how would she... How would you navigate through that? Yeah. Um, well, first I'll say, you know, the the... The original website, which is in the process of a major redesign overhaul and needed because it's very dated looking, um, it does it does our company a complete disservice. And mm-hmm. but that's not the way we've really generated business for many years. Um, that's where we started, right? As a dot com, right? But once you develop products, you create basically whole new vert what they call verticals, like a whole new the emphasis for a new product is really about getting them to the page for that product, which is done through email marketing and, and, or Facebook traffic advertising. And you get them to the sales page or the video sales letter for that particular product. So that's where all the emphasis has gone for years. But then we decided uh, about a year ago, we really need to have a platform that people land on that really shows everything that we're capable, that we have everything in our, in our uh, database, but in a very attractive, like well-functioning, like eye candy kind of way. Like, Oh, wow. Look at these guys. Look at this platform. This is great. Wow. I didn't know they made this too. You know, that kind of experience. So we're going to have a a redesigned uh, website and e-commerce experience. That's really going to be, super nice, super attractive for people to see everything we're all about. But, uh, I mean, you could still, like I said, go on our website. There's, we have offers for everybody. Uh, you said the 70 year old woman, uh, yeah. who's interested, uh, in, in I mean, we have pr- multiple, I can name five things right now that she could find of ours that would be of interest to her. We have a, a mini band program called Fermentite Mini Bands, which is a great way to train. Super safe, talking about band training. These are the little bands, the little thin bands. They come in a little pack, and there's a bunch of workouts that come with uh, these these mini bands that come free. with the When you buy the workouts, you get the mini bands sent to your house. A great way, safe way for people to train who are novices, beginner level, and you know want to do it safely in their home. We have a stretching program called Metabolic Stretching, which is really cool. It's all body weight. There's no equipment whatsoever. And it's really geared towards either the beginner or the more advanced person because the beginner flow is 
I think very reasonable for just about anybody up to 70 years old. And then there's a more advanced version of that where you can really kind of more hardcore stretching, if you will. So it's like using stretching and, and mobility movements to burn fat. Uh, but, and again, like I said, we have all of these other unlock your body part, uh, programs that are great. Unlock your hip flexors, unlock your glutes, unlock your spine, forward head posture fix. Uh, there's a lot of these other programs that again, have, uh, a lot of which is body weight, uh, movements and flows that are very reasonable for that entry level or beginner level person who you know, isn't looking for aggressive movements. They're looking for something that helps give them some relief, uh, some kind of uh, create some momentum in their life. And it can be done very quickly and very easily in 10 or 15 minutes at a time. And that's much of what our, you know, those programs that we've been making in the last 10 years, that's what they're all kind of centered around is like easy to implement movement patterns that feel good, don't require a lot of uh, equipment. And if, mm -hmm. if they do require equipment, we provide that equipment, something that's pretty small and easy to use. So do they get, would they get like a, a coach at all? Like some offer like an online coach or somebody who would make touch base with you every now and again, say, Hey, how are you doing? How are these working for you? So we do, we have opportunity for people with memberships where inside the membership, there is right. a, a community that they can be part of. Uh, okay. We have a, a community for critical bench specific stuff. And then uh, anything that we've partnered with uh, w one of our, our close partners, Rick Casselge, who's an injury specialist. So anything that falls under the uh, unlock your uh, body category, they fall into a different community. Um, and both of them have access to uh, not necessarily directly to coaches because we don't really do like one on one coaching, but to a, a group or a community where they can uh, hopefully get some help or or. But, you know, we have our customer support team, our help desk, where if right. they have specific questions for how to implement programming, and a lot of those come to me as uh, kind of the overseer of of our uh, customer support desk, I'll get a lot of uh, product specific questions. And I'm happy to answer those because for me, it's easy. I was part of all of these projects. So it's right. easy for me to go in and answer those directly. And I do on a regular on a weekly basis. I get lots of good questions like that. I think that's really good too, because the community part is, especially for women, especially older women, the mm -hmm. community part is huge because yes. I, every now and again, I've, I've been periodically, you know, since late last year, I've been taking on this, uh, senior health fitness. Uh, it's a program that's been piloted by the hospital here, the major hospital here. And they've worked with a gym. They've worked with the gym, the major gym here to have someone first volunteer to work with these. They were I would say women because they were all women I'm, and there was part of like an anti-dementia brain health sort of oh, thing wow. here. So it was a really cool idea. And they asked around, Hey, would some of you like to volunteer to do this? I was one of them. I just did it on a voluntary basis for it. Well, it got, it was a big hit, the pilot. And so they got funding for it. So now they're continuing it on. Wow. And yeah, it's always, these women always, they always know each other. Like they always band together. They come for you for one-on-one -on -one 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, they always kind of like, once the next one's walking in, then they and the other one's walking out, you know, they, they, they all know each other. It's like, hey, how you doing? That kind of thing here too. And then it's the same, uh, well, a lot of the same people again and again and again. 
And the fact that they are, there's a sense of camaraderie. The fact mm. that they're all feeling like they're all swimming in the same water. Yeah, know, absolutely. And there's, and there's a support system there too. I think is, um, I think it's big. And I think it's a big part of the fitness at, fitness atmosphere that is being left out of the out of the conversation here too, because a lot of this is like this lone wolf kind of mentality. That's right. Where get in there and get yours, you know. No results. Results really come from that community uh, approach, uh, where you have the accountability, you have the support system, mm -hmm. that network. I mean, that's, I'm part of like a, a Saturday morning men's group. I've been part of for years, years and years, uh, men that, you know, we get together and we do dinners and stuff, but every Saturday morning, I know those guys are going to be on a call from seven to eight and it's, it's a call I want to be part of. And right. it's no different than these, than, than these women. Um, and, uh, there's actually, I will say, cause I didn't mention our balance program. I created a balance program a few years ago called neurobalance therapy. And that's really catering to awesome. that over 65 right. segment of the population who uh, are fearful of falling. So it is, mm -hmm. it is really a fall prevention program to help build up those stronger neural connections between our brain and our feet to get people to move better, very safely, very gentle. It's not even really an exercise program. It is, is a movement uh, program designed to, you know, help strengthen those neural pathways and get people to move with more confidence. And hopefully it's a light, right. even a considered a life extension program, if you will, because once people start falling and getting hurt, um, life's never the same. No, no. And that, that's great too, because that's a lot of what I do with these, um, with these older women that I work with is just working on just being able to coordinate the movements between, like you said, the brain and the feet and the hands mm. and everything else and grip yeah. strength and, you know, all that, all that good stuff there. Well, yeah. uh, Chris, so we've talked about a lot here. So yeah. what's in the future? Let's talk about what's in the future in the foreseeable future for critical bench. You've been around 25 years, like I said earlier, in terms of online, that's a lifetime. Yeah. Um, so what's the next 25 years going to look like? <laughs> That's a great question. I'll, I'll give you what's, what's this year look like. Uh, well, okay. I do that know works. we have a, a brain supplement that we're going to be putting out there that'll kind of satisfy as a, as its own front end because it's a supplement, but also it'll, it'll be paired in our neural balance therapy funnel. So it'll actually pair really nicely, obviously with a balance program to take something that's, you know, a supplement that's uh, uh, got really good ingredients, hand-picked ingredients that are all proven and known to help with brain function. And so that's really exciting. That's coming very soon. After we get this second version of Unlock, Unlock Your Spine, it's really the product's the same. It's just the way it's marketed. Uh, once that's live here in the next few weeks, that'll be exciting. Uh, then we have a few other ideas up our sleeve for later in the year. We want to maybe retool one other program of ours that we've had success with, almost like a 2.0 version of it, not, mm -hmm. not taking away from the original one. The original one's fine. It's almost like here's the original plus something, um, to almost like a, just a second version of it. And then, um, I think we, again, we are s such a content oriented business. We're just going to continue to come up with ideas as our team grows and our marketing department grows ways that we can come up with good solutions for problems that the average men and women are facing uh, as we get older. So again, a lot of our content will con 
continue to be servicing those men and women like on the plus side of 40 because uh, that's just where our mindset is right now. And honestly, those are the people investing in their health and wellness for the most right. part. Uh, yeah. 20-year-olds are spending money on programming and stuff, no doubt about it, but not like the the boomers, not like right. the people that want to be able to move, as you said earlier in the podcast, move better on the floor with their grandkids and be part of their kids' and grandkids' lives in a real way. Um, we, we see the world so much better when we're up on our two feet. And, and so that's really what we're, what our aim is. And I don't see that changing in the, in the near future. And, um, so it's, it's just an, it's an exciting time and it has been for years. It's like, um, the the health and fitness is a multi-billion dollar entity. And we're trying to be more on the preventative side of things. Like how can we help people live that stronger life by design? Thus, the name of the podcast, right? Strong by design. You you design your life. Um, you were designed, uh, in in our opinion, you were designed beautifully by our our creator, and then mm-hmm. you have to then take advantage of that every day when you wake up. It's like, how do I make a decision today? What's what are the choices I'm going to make today to live a life strong by design? Well, I'm going to walk more. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to read. I'm going to listen to podcasts. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and be a better person in my community. All of those things. You don't get you don't get better in life sitting at home on your sofa, you know, just doing nothing with your with yourself. You got to get out and move in the world, and that's being strong by design. All right, I I totally identify with that, and that was kind of the purpose of my my own. Um, well, one, my company, Renaissance Fitness. Renaissance, what does Renaissance mean? It means reborn, rebirth. Yeah, that's right. And hence, hence the podcast here is Fitness Reborn. So it is starting from a different place. Doesn't matter where you are. Right. You're starting at you're starting at sixty. Then you start at sixty. I tell this, you know, when I take on new clients, and maybe they're older and they're not terribly enthusiastic, and I think they also. If they see someone who's considerably younger than they are, they get kind of worried. Like, what is he going to do? Right, with me? Right. I can't do very much. And they keep, I know that because they keep telling me again and again, because I, I heard you. I'm not here to hurt you. That's right, that's <laughs> I'm right. not, I'm, I am not here to hurt you. I understand you're afraid, but you got to kind of take a leap of faith here a little bit. I'm not going to do anything. I know it's going to be detrimental to you. That's Anyways, right. but um, that focus on that focus on longevity, I think, in prevention, I think, is really key right there too. Yeah. And you're right, what you said earlier, um, the fact that it's, I think that a lot of that is coming from the female focus, the female um, influence on the in, on the industry. Yeah, uh, the mm-hmm. fact that it's looking about a little further down the road than just where the next competition might be. That's or right. Just where, or, you know, even just a person who's 20 years old, they might be into fitness, but it doesn't mean the same thing as when you're 40. That's right. You know, you're thinking about, okay, now I've got, I'm married. I've got kids. I want to be around for, you know, this is officially midlife. Let's be honest about that. And the mm-hmm. average lifespan is about 80, 84 these days. Yep. Um, this is midlife. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. But, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that I, I think I commend you tremendously for that. Cause I think that is a very wise and a very, um, a very, uh, spectacular direction to take the company in. And um, so we have a closing tradition on the podcast, okay. right? So uh, nothing huge. Um, so, cause we've been talking now for nearly an hour and a half now, wow. and I like to have people just kind of like 
summarize, or if you could have people walk away with one thing and one thing only, if you had, if they could remember nothing else, mm. what do you, what would you prefer they remember from this show? <laughs> well, I have to start with our, <laughs> I have to start with our mantra here at Strong by Design. You're made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. And that's what we believe here at Critical Bench. And in order to, you know, some people think that balance in life is, is, is a myth. Like it's impossible to have, a, you know, to be good in, in all areas of your life at the same time. Mm-hmm. While that might be a true statement on its face, it doesn't mean that you're not constantly striving to be better in all phases or all areas of your life at the same time. It's just some areas might get more focus than others, mm-hmm. right? So as maybe you realize your physical wellness, your physical life is kind of in the dumps and you need to pour more energy and effort into that, that area. It doesn't mean that you're letting your mental, letting your spiritual, letting your emotional and all those other areas just fall away completely while you're focusing more on your physical, but actually by doing more, placing more emphasis on the physical, you're actually probably strengthening those other areas at the same time. So what I, what we find here is that the pursuit of perfection is, is a good pursuit. You're never going to arrive. None of us do. None of us are perfect, but we can all have that ambition, that drive and, and, and just be striving to be better in all those areas of our life. Um, every day that we have that opportunity to do it and in order to do it, it's, as what we just recently said is it takes a village, right? It takes a community. It takes connection to other people because it's our relationships in life that really are the most meaningful. Okay. When people are lying around at the end of their life, I, I doubt they're thinking about all their possessions they've amassed. They're mm-hmm. most likely thinking about what impact did I have in the world on other people? And are those people still part of my life? Are they here supporting me as my life is coming to a close. And I think that's, that's really what's important. That's, that's meaning. And that's, that's what we're, that's what we're going for here at Critical Bench. Exactly. No, kind of brings me back to what uh, Denzel Washington said, like Mm -hmm. the Egyptians tried to take all their earthly possessions with them in death. All they got was robbed. (laughs) People stealing their stuff after they were dead. So, you know, (laughs) there you go. All right. Well, uh, Chris, uh, thank you so much. This has been a really glorious conversation. I've enjoyed this a lot. And um, every minute of it has been just a real joy. And I thank you for coming on. Thanks for asking to come on one. I'm I'm glad you reached out. And thank you for the, the great conversation here. Um, where can people, where can people reach out to you? I know they can go to criticalbench.com. Is there another way that they can kind of reach out to you or someone in your team if they want to know more? Yeah, I would say two, two of the better places would be if you're interested in podcasts on any platform that you listen, look up strong by design podcast. Uh, we're on all the platforms and the show's doing extremely well. It's a wonderful show really for anybody. Uh, men and women, all ages. Uh, and we cover a lot of ground, as I was telling Sean before we started recording. We kind of talk a little bit about everything on the show, all areas of life. Uh, so look that up. And you can even look it up on other platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. You can look up Strong by Design. And then certainly on YouTube, because we have such a presence there, it's a great way to create um, uh, a, a bit of awareness 
to what we're doing here at Critical Bench. So if you're if you go to YouTube and you type in Critical Bench, we have thousands of videos there, free resources to help you move better, feel better. Uh, some great follow along workouts and exercise tutorials, and um, so the, I would say that those are probably two of the best ways to get uh, in in touch or in tune with our stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I've looked at some of the videos there and they are they're real good stuff here. And the, the following is already pretty huge. A million followers. I mean, yeah. that's the envy of a lot of YouTubers. So <laughs> you guys, you guys are you guys are in a good steed right there. Yeah. But um, again, Chris, and I'll I'll put, um, you know, links and such social media. I'll put the uh, website and the podcast in the, in the show notes Great. so people can access them as they like it just awesome. with one click. Great. But um, yeah, so thanks so much, Chris. Thanks for coming on. Absolute pleasure. Really enjoyed it, Sean. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, everyone. This is the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, and I'll see you on the other side. Tune in next time. In the meantime, move forever. Peace. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps, and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know. You might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.